Somebody remind me, I said this last week, and Adam totally texted me what I, what I was like, oh, somebody remind me to put that online. I got it. I did it. It was already there. Thank you very much for your help. Uh, this is the community. This is the body of Christ, friends. I have an announcement about live streaming next week that I want to say, but I want to make sure our off-campus family hears it. And so um, please remind me, maybe Pastor Ethan, when we, you come up at the end. That'd be great. So on uh, April the 1st, Rob texted me with uh, a picture with this caption. It said, I just detached my bicep. Can you see it? You kind of have to look at it for a minute. I stared at it, and I thought he was just flexing for me, like sending me a flex picture in the middle of my day. And I was like, that's cool, whatever. Uh, then I looked at it more. <laughs> it's not going to be totally out of character for him. Uh, then I looked at it more closely, and I realized, oh, that's not where it's supposed to be. No, that's, that's not where it's supposed to be. It was disgusting. So uh, officially, he ruptured his bicep tendon and his bicep muscle literally detached from the elbow and uh, he had he had surgery a week later to stretch the tendon back into place and they put up like a button into the bone of the elbow and then it healed back into place they pinned it and then the idea then afterwards is the muscle has totally lost all of its strength and so physical like he did some uh, physical therapy and he's been doing that and the bicep muscle has to be built back up from that point. So listen, my husband is strong. Uh, he works out. Uh, so when he, he came home from physical therapy, he does, uh, he came home from physical therapy the first time he went um, physio physiotherapy, I guess it doesn't matter. Uh, he, he, did, he said, he was so mad. He's like, um, yeah, he gave me the three pound weight. Thankfully it wasn't pink. I think it was gray. He could, he three pound weight in his left hand and he could only do like five or six reps with it. And he was just livid. <laughs> do you want me to tell them what you were, what you were lifting before the three pounds? <laughs> It was a lot more than three pounds. When he went to see the surgeon for the, the first time, um, he was given the option actually to not, to not have the surgery done. That is always an option in this particular case. So, uh, because it wouldn't affect the quality of his life, uh, and it, certainly it's not a life-threatening injury in any, in any stretch of the imagination. So he didn't have to have the surgery. But the surgeon said that unless it was done in the next couple of days, the option for surgery was going to be completely off the table because the tendon would never be, like, after a few days, it's not going to be able to stretch at all. So it's like kind of a now or never situation. So that tendon is going to lose its elasticity, and it would never be able to re-engage far enough that they could pin it back to the bone. I hope I'm not grossing anybody out, but this is <laughs> La, 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 la. Tell a different story. Uh, but... This, the truth is that without the surgery, though, hi, off-campus, what's up? Nice to see you guys. Sorry that we had that little technical glitch. And remind me that I have a special announcement, especially for you off-campus, at the end of the service. Uh, so I'm just telling a gross story about Rob's uh, bicep injury, and you'll, you, you probably know the story anyway. Uh, without the surgery, he definitely would be able to move his arm. Uh, everything would be fine, uh, but the, the, he would never, ever have strength again in that arm. There was no way to build that muscle back up if he didn't have the surgery. The bicep would always be there, always be here, where it wasn't supposed to be, but not useful for much because it wasn't attached to the body with a tendon the way it was intended to be. And listen, church, 
If that is not the perfect sermon illustration served up to us today on a silver platter, I do not know what is. I've been saving this one since April, you guys. I love it. So we talked in our first week of this series about the foundation of the church, the foundation, the body of Christ, the literal body of Christ broken for us. We talked about the form of the church, that metaphor of the body of Christ us as the body of Christ. We talked about the function of the church, that each member of the body is gifted by the Spirit as part of that body. And today we're going to pick up where we left off in Ephesians 4 last week. We're going to talk about the fusion of the church. Thank you for indulging my alliteration. It almost works. Okay, the fusion of the church. And I want you to remember when we were in Ephesians 4 last week, we talked about Christ himself giving gifts to the church to oversee it. We talked, uh, it's, uh, Paul says, Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And their purpose is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry so that uh, the body is built up, reaching unity in faith, knowing Jesus, becoming mature, and having fullness in Christ. That's what it says there. And then we're going to jump back in. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4, let's go there. And uh, you can grab this on the YouVersion app under more and then events. I promise I'm going to open to the right passage this morning, and we are going to uh, read from Ephesians 4, just where we left off with that little piece last week. So Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 to 16. Then, after all of those things that are going to happen when uh, we are equipped for ministry, all of that that we talked about last week, then... We will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Isn't that great? There's just like, like I just love when the metaphor is extended like this. Have you ever felt um, tossed back and forth by what you hear over here, what you hear over there? Or uh, I, I don't think that Paul could have anticipated how much information or opinions or even confirmation bias that would be available to us at every moment of every day. I think it would have blown his mind. Talk about winds of teaching. Back when he was writing this, like he's talking about people who would travel for long periods of time, very, very long distances, and they would come to, a, come to a church and teach something different, or letters would be sent, and they would take weeks and weeks and weeks, maybe months, to get to the location. <laughs> I, I'm sure he, that's, that's the context he's writing in. How much more uh, do we have this kind of information that can toss us from one side to the other every moment of the day? And while we're definitely bombarded by all the things all the time, or we have the option to be, we certainly can be, what has always been true, whether it took weeks to get that information, months to get that information, or seconds to get that information, what has always been true is that people and their opinions will try and get our focus off the main thing being the main thing. Sometimes they do it by accident. Sometimes they do it on purpose. And here's the main thing. Jesus, him crucified, him raised to life, him offering us new life. Everything else is secondary. Everything else is secondary. And Paul says here, 
He says, instead, speaking the truth in love. A little packed, a little statement. Like, that's a whole series onto itself. Speaking the truth in love, which in the Greek, that, uh, that phrase, speaking the truth in love, uh, really means, has a very, like, thick and deep connotation, meaning maintaining, living, and doing the truth, if that's a, such a thing. It means, literally, it means, it's not just the words you say, it's maintaining the truth, living the truth, and uh, doing the truth in your everyday life. And he says this, speaking the truth in love, is the antidote to all the opinions, the thoughts, the teachings out there that wander away from, in any way, uh, the truth of Christ and his supremacy. So we are to speak the truth in love. And listen, this, can, this is not an option. You cannot just have the truth or have love. This is not an either or. This is always a both and. The truth in love. They are together. Because we need to know the truth. That's why one of the main reasons that Christ himself gave these gifts of oversight to the church. So that we could learn and we could be equipped but we have to be unafraid to share what we have been learning and how we have been equipped in love with other people. And I don't have to tell you that this balance is hard. Like, this is hard. I don't care who you are. This is hard because just the way that we're wired, some of us really lean towards truth. We just really need people to hear all the truth all the time. And some of us really lean towards love. Like we just want to just not make sure we don't offend anybody. We want to make sure people feel cared for. And both of those things are excellent. And that's why Paul says it's not either or. It's got to be both and. We have to know the truth and we have to be able to share it in love. Both at the same time. Because, and, and why, what's the big deal? Because he says when we do this, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body. When we can speak the truth in love, when we can, uh, in love, do truth and maintain truth and live truth and speak truth, when we know how to do this, we will grow to become, in every respect, the mature body of Christ. So how do we stop from being infants in our faith? There's a, a, a phrase that's used a couple of times in the New Testament. How do we grow up into maturity? Quite simply here, Scripture just reminds us we have to keep Christ at the center. We can't get distracted by this fad or that fad. This podcast or that celebrity. Some of those things are great. As long as they don't distract us or pull us away from the main thing in any way. We have to learn to maintain and live and do truth that is steeped in the love of Jesus. And that's, like I said, this is what scripture is telling us. Because that is how we become, in every respect, the mature body. And it goes on to say what? The mature body of him who is the head. In case you didn't understand the metaphor, he says, that is Christ. We can become the mature body of Christ when we do this. In every respect, scripture says. And so this metaphor just keeps on giving to us. Uh, it, we're, we are the body of Christ, fantastic, but also he is the head of the body. Verse 16, and from him the whole body joined together by every supporting ligament. Like we're really going deep into this. Like you really need to see the picture here. He's making sure that we do. Grows and builds itself up. How? In love as each part does its work. Verse 16. 
So when we're connected to the body, when we're listening to Jesus for truth and for direction and for instruction and for all of it, we are already set up to grow and be strong. And all of it is done with the love and grace and mercy of Christ all over our lives. Friends, this is, uh, this is such a missing skill in the world. It's been a missing skill in my world so many times. The ability to speak the truth because you are solid in the truth, because you know the truth. And to be able to understand and engage with others in truth, but in love. What a, what a, what a thing that would absolutely revolutionize the world around us. This actually should be the mark of the church. We're known for a lot of things in the uppercase C church around the world, but this should be the mark of the church. This is how we are to be known. Imagine if the, the response of our community to the church, to this church maybe specifically, uh, is this. Man, I don't agree with those people at Freedom in Christ, but, I, but they know what they believe and they do share it with so much love. Imagine if that was our reputation everywhere we went. I don't necessarily agree, but man, they really believe it passionately. And they're really, really, they, when they share it, there's just so much love in it. Like I feel like they really care about me. I know they don't agree with me, but, but I can tell they value me. I can tell they're trying to help me. So how can we do that? How can we have a reputation like that? How can we uh, be the body of Christ the way that Ephesians 4 is teaching us about here. How do we do it? I did write this three times, so I feel like I really meant it. <laughs> we have to always, 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 that's four, always, as the body of Christ, that's us, right? We have to stay connected to the head. We have to stay connected to the head. I'm going to ask you a little bit later about if you wouldn't mind sharing some of the ways that you do that. And I want you, as we go through here, uh, to think, be thinking about it. Because I would really love to hear from the body on this and help us to know how to do this in a practical way. We have to stay connected to the head. Paul says it another way in his letter to the church in Colossae. In, in, uh, in Colossians uh, chapter 1, verse 18, he says, He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in all things he might have the supremacy. I love this again. I just love when it's a metaphor, but then it gets explained. Just to make sure we don't miss it, like we don't want to have any misinterpretation here. He is the head of the body. The body is the church. Just want to make sure you don't forget. And so after he sets that up, uh, Paul, in his letter to the church uh, of the Colossians, after he sets that up, he begins to talk um, in, in, chapter, in chapter 2 specifically of Colossians about people who are coming to the church and trying to tell them that they need Jesus plus something. Uh, history tells us that there was teachers coming and people coming into their church who were teaching the Colossians that Jesus was cool, but, but to really figure out your spiritual life, you need Jesus plus something. You need something more. To be really spiritual, you have to have have these things or you have to have these cool experiences and no the things we're talking about aren't in scripture but but they're still really cool and they're really special knowledge and if you're really a believer in Christ then you'll have all of these extra things that was sort of the teaching that that they're almost certain was happening in this church and Paul calls some of these things out um, 
people were proud of some of the things that they were doing. They, they were proud of their, their self-denial. Like, like look, at, look at how much I can deny myself. And then telling everybody about it, you know, like they're, they call it false humility. Uh, they were really proud about how they uh, observed uh, religious holidays, about how they had special visions. Paul talks to them about people who uh, worshipped angels. Uh, Colossians 2.18 says, Do not let anyone who delights in false humility or the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person goes into great detail about what they have seen and is puffed up with idle notions from their unspiritual mind. Not high praise, right? Not high praise. Such a person who goes around and saying, I'm so spiritual because I have all of these things, or Jesus is cool, but Jesus plus all of this stuff makes you a real Christian. They are puffed up with idle notions from their unspiritual mind. And we definitely don't know what he means when he says worship of angels. So if that just a phrase just went over your head, you go like, is that a thing we do here? Is that, is that a thing? No. We don't, but for sure the Colossians would have understood exactly what he meant. Something was going on in that church. Something was being taught to that church. They would have understood what this was. In general, we just understand that the teachers that were coming were saying it's Jesus plus. Jesus, cool, but plus if you really want to be spiritual. And it's actually a form of Gnosticism. That's the, the, the term for it. People could be saved by attaining secret knowledge. They were teaching that if you didn't have these extra beliefs or experiences, you were disqualified from the faith. Your faith didn't count. And Paul is saying, no, 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 nope, nope, nope. And in fact, what he says is in this teaching that while those people were around telling people that they were second class because they didn't have all of these extra experiences or they didn't observe these religious holidays in a specific way, by teaching that, they were disqualifying themselves. And Paul describes that in verse 19 of chapter 2 of Colossians. He says, and this is how he describes it. This is where we're going with this. In case you think I went on a rabbit trail, I did not. We're coming to here. Colossians 2.19. They have what? They have lost their connection with the head. From whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. So if you're teaching this nonsense or you're subscribing to it, he's saying, you are not connected to the head. You literally cannot grow because you have detached from the structure that God is using to cause you to grow. You are a ruptured bicep. The tendon, I'm just going to let that one sink in for a second. The tendon has detached and there is no mechanism for you to be able to grow if you're not connected to the head the way you're supposed to be. And so these teachers were telling them that these mystical visions and deeper experiences were necessary for making them truly spiritual. And the visions and the experiences were the focus of the teaching and Jesus became secondary. And Paul says, full stop. Full stop. You are called to fullness and freedom in Christ. You do not need to burden yourself with all of these checklists or these external shows of how spiritual you are. You don't ever need to think that you need something higher or extra beyond the cross in order for you to receive freedom and fullness and life from Jesus. That's what he's saying. And for them in, in that time, in that situation, it was private visions along with uh, aspects of the Jewish law that were still hanging around inside of the church. Uh, circumcision, religious festivals, uh, spirit, uh, Sabbath rituals are all mentioned in Colossians. 
And in verse 23 of, uh, of chapter 2, he says, Such regulations indeed have the appearance of wisdom, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. If you want to live for Christ and you want to set aside the things of your old life, all of these extra things are not going to do it for you. That's what he says. They just, they just won't. It's the internal connectedness to the head that is going to cause you to grow in Christ. That's what's going to cause uh, your life to be transformed. And it will be transformed when you're connected to the head. That's how God causes you to grow. That's what scripture says. So in other words, you can put on a lot of things that look religious. You can look, at, look like you're doing all the right things. You can set your, a picture of yourself up as a good person. But if you're not connected to the head, Jesus, you can't grow. And so you see what the Christians at Colossae needed for growth and fullness was not the teachings of the Gnostics. What they actually needed was each other. Because that's how the Lord had set up his body. Connected all to each other and all connected to the head. You can't be connected to the head without being connected to the rest of the body. And you can't be connected to the rest of the body without all of you being connected to the head. So if we, if we have this picture, church, if we have this picture um, in our minds as a Christ follower, it will save us a world of trouble. <laughs> it's going to keep us um, on the path that we need to be on. Because I'll tell you something, if we don't have that picture or don't understand this teaching about us as the body of Christ... There isn't a danger to Christ because he won't be diminished if we get this wrong. He is who he is. He, he is who he is. The danger is that the link between the church and Christ is weakened. And we don't want anything to do with that, right? Like we don't, we don't want to be in a place where we can't grow as God, has, uh, as God is causing us to grow. We don't want to be in a place where uh, we are together doing our own thing, disconnected from the head. We don't want to create our own rules. We don't want to create our own theology over here. We want to be able to hear from the head in every season, in every day, in every moment. That's, that's what we want to do. When we don't look at Jesus and we don't keep him the center, we, we really can't grow in him. But listen, when we do this, we grow as God causes us to grow. And that is always the way that I want to grow. And I think that's true of you as well. Ephesians 4.16, remember, says, From him the whole body, joined together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I want to ask you, I mentioned this a moment ago, I want to ask you how you think you would apply this idea to your life. I could give you a list of things that I have found helpful in my life, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute here. Ways that I have stayed uh, connected and grown in my faith because of that connectedness. I, so the question, I want, I want you to think about this, and I do actually want your answers. Not, it's not rhetorical. First of all, do you feel connected to the head? Do you feel connected to Christ as part of the body? And in such, connected to the rest of the body. Do you feel a connection in your life to Christ? And that, that growth is happening through that connection. Like, are you growing? Can you sense that? Can you look at your life and say, yeah, I, I think I'm in a place where I'm growing. 
And can you share with us why you think that is and how you're making that happen in your day-to-day life? This is, I mean, this is not braggadociously, I, don't, I know that's not a word, I don't care, I'm going to go for it. I'm not asking you to, to brag, I want you to just, I want you to help the, I want to help the body. Maybe you would say, actually, uh, yeah, I, I feel connected to the head right now, uh, I feel connected to the body, and I am growing, but there was a time in my life when I wasn't, and here's, here's what was going on that's changed. Like, that might be helpful for the body to hear as well. Um, what are the times in your life when you know you're growing? And how does this work in your everyday life? Pastor, you want to help me? Um, off campus, you're with us now, right? Right, producer Matt? Hi, off campus. Uh, I'm going to take a little, a, a little, which, which side do you want? You want this side? You can't be too close to each other, you guys. Um, so in this church, we do three core things. Everything we do in this church goes through this filter or else it doesn't happen. And uh, we are talking very specifically this month about being connected. Our three core values are, I mean, I'll give, bo- I'll give out bonus points if you know them. And staff you, and board, you don't actually really get to answer the question. Actually, I should ask the board. Board, what are our three core values? <laughs> I don't know. I'm on a, I put me on a... Put me out there. Okay, so um, our three core values are connecting, training, and impacting. Everybody goes, obviously. <laughs> yes, obviously. And here's why everything in our church goes through these values. Everything about this series has really been steeped in these values as well. They, the, to be connected, we, we are talking about connected to God. This is literally what we've just been talking about. And connected to one another. That's a core value. If something in our church doesn't, uh, not everything is going to hit all three of them. But connected to God and connected to one another. Secondly, training. We believe that we want to train to be more like Jesus every day. And we need to learn the word. And we need to learn how to apply the word. And we need to continually be having input that way. So we are consistently training. And our third value is impacting. Because we don't, want, uh, we don't want what we know about Jesus to stay with us because we understand that that is not what we're called to as the body of Christ. We're called to go out and uh, make an impact for Christ in the world around us. So we're connected to God and one another. We are training to be more like Christ. And we are impacting the world around us for Christ. And so often we'll say, if we're doing something like a small group, we'll say, we are connecting and training. Small groups are great for both of those values so that we can know how to make an impact, right? So sometimes we use phrases like that because we understand the value of doing it. Um, and so just so that you know, everything in our church, we haven't talked about this for a little while, every program that we run, uh, every group that we have, every ministry that we have here, if it doesn't uh, meet the criteria of these values, then it doesn't continue. Or it needs to be massively changed. We've done this over the years many times, even said goodbye to some really cool things that we, we liked to do, but we said you know what, we, we can't do everything. We have to make sure that they, they are inside of these core values. And that, that's across children's ministries, youth ministries, uh, worship ministries, uh, grown-up ministries, adult ministries. <laughs> Whatever we're doing, however you want to label it, really it's, it's, it's connecting, training, and impacting in every single thing that we do. And that's why this series about understanding who we are as the body of Christ, understanding the importance of being connected to the head. And now, hopefully, um, I want to hear from you about how it is that you do that in your life. How have you done that 
um, and it's made a difference. How are you growing and how do you know that you're growing and in what ways have you done that? Um, let's help one another to figure this out. Because like I said, I'm sure Ethan and I could just come up with a list pretty quickly about things that you should do. But I would really like to hear from you um, and also off campus, of course. Um, am I, did you, yeah, switch cameras? You want me to speak to this one? Yeah, got it. Matt didn't change, there's no sign for me this week off campus. Usually Matt says, Tracy, look here, and if without it, I'm lost. We just forgot to put my sign up this week. He thought I could handle it. He was so wrong. He was wrong. He was wrong. So uh, why don't you talk to us a little bit, Ethan? We, we chatted about this before the service a little bit, too. Um, what, um, what are the things that you do in your life or uh, comments from off campus about uh, how you staying connected to the head and actually knowing that you're growing? Yeah, so I think outside of the obvious spiritual discipline, so staying in the word, praying, you know, sounds and solitude, fasting, like all that stuff. That stuff's incredible. You have to be doing that. You know, that's like step one. Um, outside of that, uh, I would say that's one thing that I do to make sure that I'm staying connected to the head and making sure that I'm growing is actually staying connected to the body as well. Um, because that's a big thing, whether it's staying connected to people within this church here or staying connected with uh, some of my friends who are also believers, and we have these conversations, and we start to talk about some of the things that we're going through, some of the things that, you know, we've been learning or things that, you know, we've been checking out online. So, for example, you know, a lot of us, we go through this, uh, on, it's basically like an online seminary um, type of courses, and so there's a lot of lectures on there on different topics, and so we have discussions about this, and we have uh, discussions about, you know, um, what we're getting from it, what we're taking from it, how we're applying it, uh, different things like that. And so that's one way that I know that, you know, I can be growing yeah. is if I'm actually connecting with them, if I'm actually, you know, having those conversations and if I can actually actually uh, participate in those conversations yeah. too. Because if I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, shoot, like, I actually have nothing to say. And you know what, sometimes that's okay, but other times it's literally because I haven't actually been taking the time to grow. Yeah. And so when I'm connecting with the body, I know that I'm in fellowship. Um, I know that I'm not just isolating myself yeah. and um, a really good way to avoid um, that question of like, hey, are you growing is to not talk to anyone. <laughs> yeah. And so that's so good. Yeah. Thank you for that. That insight. <laughs> so if you don't want to grow, don't talk to anybody. Yeah. That's the really good way to do and it. And so to have that accountability is always good because then they're like, you know what? I picked up on things that I see in you and you're like, usually you're good in this area, but you're actually not doing super well in that. Mm -hmm. And so that's a really good thing is to be connected to the body. Make sure you have those conversations. Open yourself up to them. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the ways that uh, yeah. I stay connected. Yeah, it's good. And, and, and I mean, without speaking the truth in love, you can't do that. Yeah. Like you can't, if, if somebody's not willing to speak the truth in love to you and say, Ethan, I see this in your life. Um, and I'm for you. I'm for you. Yeah. But uh, also, and, not but, and I see this in your life. And I, th I think this might be an area you want to look at. Um, if somebody's just like, you tell them something, and they go, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that's good. That's like sympathy is good. But then to say, so, so where do you want to go with that? To have somebody yeah. with you to be accountable to. Yeah. yeah. As Malachi says, you need someone to slap you straight, you know? Sometimes <laughs> you just need someone to slap you straight. Sometimes you just need somebody to slap you straight. Thank you, Malachi. And I like that you I'm said that, that you have to be open to that. You have to be, you have to be yeah. asking for that. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Um, anybody, anybody in the room have a, uh, have a way that they stay connected and they know that they're growing? You have something live. You have, it's actually working live for you, right? It is working. Yes, yeah, thank you. So we're good. Yep. 
Do we want to, um, Aaron, do you want to, do you have your mic still? Oh. Got one for you. Oh, Ethan has it. I see what happened. This, this is so that our off-campus family can hear you as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I was, I was going to say, when you presented the question, it was actually quite convicting because there's, we've come out of a season where I think we were stalemated for a while and not growing. And so a big piece of our, of our story has been just getting here to freedom and, and we've seen exponential growth over the last year. And so, um, so I, I love that Ethan, that you're coming from a place of like, well, here are the, here's the basic 101s. And I was like, oh shoot, right, yeah. Some of that is not as basic in 101 for some of us. <laughs> and and, and that, was a, that actually impacted me, um, you were speaking a while ago, when, uh, when you went over to, to Ethiopia and, and, and Jeremy was like, so obviously, like, you know, your spiritual disciplines, what are you doing? And I was like, right. <laughs> Shoot, yeah, yeah, that's right. They are spiritual disciplines. They are disciplines that we, and so I think some of it for us has just been sitting on, under some, some teaching that is keeping the main thing the main thing mm. yeah. and, and stripping away the, exactly what we're talking about mm -hmm. today of, of what the church in Colossae was dealing with and stripping away the, the extra and just getting back to the main thing. Mm -hmm. And so we've seen, I said to Nicole just like yesterday, I was like, wow, I'm actually a lot different than I was two years ago. Hey. And, uh, and, I, and I love that. Yeah. And if, uh, if renovations does anything, it exposes that. Yeah. So, yeah. So you know, they have a massive century home that they are renovating. A massive reno. A massive <laughs> Not a massive reno. home no. necessarily, but no. a massive reno in their home. So keeping the main thing the main thing um, and keeping the getting connected and plugged into the body of Christ has been huge for us for staying connected to the head. And uh, yeah, the analogies can kind of go all over the place, but just having that free flow of being connected to some, to a healthy body that is connected to the head has yeah. been huge for us. Yeah, that's a good, a good point. I know we don't mean to, we were talking before the service, but we don't mean to gloss over the spiritual disciplines in any stretch, but we were like, we just talk about this all the time. But that's because it actually works all the time. Like when you are in the word, like you just, you're reading the scriptures. And if you don't have that discipline in your life, add it to your life. If you don't have a prayer life, um, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be anything like uh, specific or um, some ritual that you, you go, you know, start, start with where you are. Start, if you like to write, then journal. Um, if you need to find five minutes of quiet in your day, great. If you need to put some worship music on, on, on your drive to work, whatever it is, like it doesn't, like, but, but the, it's the, the daily discipline practice of doing uh, these things, these disciplines are extraordinarily vital, uh, extraordinarily vital. And they, they've been true always. Like they just never yeah. stop being true or helpful for absolutely sure. Uh, I think I told you guys this, but I had someone uh, I was talking to a couple months ago who was like, for the first time in a long time or maybe ever, I've really, I've really been in the word every day, like doing a reading plan or wh whatever they were doing. And uh, it, like, it's totally changed my life. I'm like, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> this stuff really works. It's just the consistent long obedience in the yeah. same direction is transformational. And there's just no other way to say that. So um, yeah. 
what else? Any other ways that you have you find that you're growing uh, that that make that possible for you? I think um, in, in the story of the talons comes to mind. Um, I think that uh, over the last few years, as we have gleaned a better perspective on whose stuff we have, not my stuff we have, and saying to God, what would you like us to do with what you have given mm. us? And so as That's we good. have been able to open up what we have been given, God has actually, in, in that, and I do believe as the Father looks at it, takes pleasure mm -hmm. in the fact that we've done that. And now we have, have been given more opportunity to give more of what we have mm. been given. And I see a multiplication of that relationship that, and it makes sense in the sense that, you know, first you might have had one thing that you could do, but as that was given over, and do you actually did say to yourself, what would God like me to do with this? Then it became three things that you had that you would, could say, what would God like us to do with this? And it just grows in that, hmm. um, I, want, I don't want to say cause and effect, but the blessing that you receive becomes something that is expect, you expect to give. Yeah. And, and it just becomes that huge relationship that you find the most pleasure and the most uh, I'm not going to say acceptance by God because his love doesn't come that yeah. way and, and it doesn't come that way. But you get a sense of um, how much you're pleasing the Father by what he's giving mm -hmm. you because you're willing mm. to not really hold it to yourself yeah. but just really say, what would you like to do with whatever I have? The, the part of the body that you are. Yeah. How do I do the best? Um, how do I provide the best? And you get maybe a better... Um, portion, and I don't want to say it again. It's not that you're looking for a bigger reward from God, but just He gives you more and more ability to use what He has given you, and you get more to do, and you get more pleasure from it, and yeah. you get more enjoyment from yep. it, and you get more relationship and tightness, and and you just see that God just lays mm -hmm. into you the ability to do more. It's good, and so yeah. enjoy that. Yeah, that's great. The uh, we talked a lot about that in ILT. Impact leadership training when we did learning to serve. That's the whole idea. Really to view your life not as your own. Nothing you have is your own. You're just taking, you're just managing it for the Lord. And as and that's 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 the principle in that story. You do that and he blesses it. Yeah, you just if you can have that mindset over everything, you absolutely it multiplies. The blessing multiplies. Yeah. That's great. Thanks, Dave. Anything else? Did I see? See how much smarter we are as a as a body than just Ethan and I by ourselves. This is so much more interesting, <laughs> right? Hearing from other people, I know, right? Yeah. Oh, oh. I, I was going to say, um, you know, being an only child, uh, uh, making connections has not been an, an issue for me. I, I seek out, you know, people and have fun and and that way. But I think uh, real connections are, are the challenge, right? And mm. and having those difficult conversations and and whatnot. So I think, you know, when you talk about connections, you, you know, people think, oh yeah, that's no problem. I hang out with people. It's all good. But I think if you really examine your life and the connections that you have in your life, how many times have you said, how are you really doing? What do you really believe? Mm -hmm. What's meaningful to you? 
And if you ask yourself that question, you think, yeah, you know, I don't really have those conversations. But so that's the, one of the things that I've been challenging myself for friends that I've known for like 25 years. Do I really even talk about anything real substantial with them? Good. So that's the kind of thing that's been on my mind and my heart. And, and, uh, and I've had made some good connections that way again, like, why have we never talked about this? Yeah. So that's a challenge I have to myself and people are, yeah. That's so. great, Juno, yeah, that's, that's great. To the back, Aaron. Aaron, are you wearing your, your Apple Watch? I am. You're getting yes, steps during church. I'm just saying, you're getting <laughs> steps during church today, so. I put up my hand so she could get her steps in. Yeah, the, yeah it's but just, just a, how much we love each other here, yeah. Just to piggyback off what Juno said, um, that interaction with, with each other and having those real conversations is something that has helped me to grow for sure. I don't think there's, and this isn't a public service announcement for connecting point groups, but. It's okay, go ahead. <laughs> be free, be free, be free. No, there, be free. Yeah. Since we've been here eight years, there has not been a connecting point group that we have not grown from, uh, for that I have not grown from. Yeah. I know Caitlin probably feels the same if she was at the mic here, but um, the, every connecting point group that we've ever been a part of has helped us to grow has has had those conversations has you know when we came here we didn't know anything so having having those questions answered and, and pastor Aaron and, and Matt um, were were kind enough to help us through those things so um, and then if you're a, a guy in this church or online or you know you're just checking out for the first time again I haven't been, not been paid to say this um, <laughs> I, I don't care if you've just graduated from youth or you know you're um, you haven't died yet. You're, you're, you are to, to be part of the men's group. The, the men's, yeah. You have that was to descriptive. Be, that was descriptive. You have to be, yeah. you have to be this side of green. So, yeah. um, but to be part of the men's group has been just another thing that the, you know, the Jamie and Jack and Rob and Juno and all the other guys that have, that have, um, you know, take, taken leadership in that group. And then all the guys that come and just pour their hearts out every uh, month, the texts that you guys are able to, you know, send back and forth to each other and, and, and stuff like that has just, for me, I've seen growth in, in you guys and I've seen growth in me from that and it's not something that we can do by ourselves. So having that um, back and forth with each other has just been something that has really affected me over the last eight years and, and I've seen incredible amounts of growth in, in lots of the other guys as well. Yeah. Um, so from a guy's point of view, that's been something that's, really been effective so so Joel although I know you didn't I didn't put you up to saying that but you do get 10 points for that answer this morning points I'll don't keep, I'll just keep adding them to the account yeah the, the points don't mean anything but I you can know that you have them yeah that's for you special I know you like collecting points they mean something to, you. Mean something to you okay yeah I know they're special to you the, the fake points I, I'm, I'm glad for that I'm glad for that anything else Anything online yeah, that so we should know about? Nothing online here. But I would say one other thing uh, for me, and something that I've been trying to ask myself lately, is how busy am I? Um, because I think that's probably like the number one thing for mm -hmm. me that can get in the way of my relationship with God and staying connected to Him. Um, because, again, like I said, it's like, yeah, I want to be connected to other people, and I want to be meeting up um, with people within the church, and I want to be meeting up with my friends. And then, obviously, you know, I'm working here, and I get to spend time with the youth, and I get to, um, you know, spend time and all the other things that we're doing here at the church. But at the end of the day, it's like, is being busy a indicator of how connected I am to God? No. And that answer is no. Yeah, right. Now, doing those things, can it be a healthy spiritual practice? Yes, obviously. 
but we have to do it in a healthy way. And it can't just be filling up the schedule for the sake of sp- filling up the sure. schedule. Yep. And so if I'm not spending time at home, you know, with God, and I'm not taking the time alone by myself with God, then I'm not going to be able to grow. And if I'm not growing, then I'm not going to be able to pour out into those programs and into, mm-hmm. you know, the youth students on Friday nights yeah. and into all those other people that I meet throughout the week. You know, that's not going to happen. And mm-hmm. so that's something that I try to ask myself is how busy am I? And is this busyness actually uh, getting me closer to God? And is it actually growing me in my relationship with mm-hmm. him? Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing for me and one thing that I'm still evaluating. Sure, and yeah. I'm probably going to be constantly evaluating yep. for the rest of my life. Yep. As you should, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I mean, we, we were just plagued by that in our culture. Yeah. We're just plagued by it. Adam, Adam wants to say something else. He's so, he was so inspired by what Ethan just said. He can't, even, <laughs> he can't even handle it. He can't handle himself right now. He must speak again. And you are welcome too. Aaron's arm is getting a workout. Hey, hey Nicole, talk about uh, praying with people. <laughs> talk about praying with people just like out of the blue. Oh, I think I think that's already been said around <laughs> around here before. But the um, the aspect of not waiting for later to pray with someone, mm. and when you see the you see the hurt or you see the moment yeah. or you see the need, yeah. don't pause. Just pray. Yeah, it's good. So I think just connecting with somebody soul to soul, spirit to spirit in that moment when when you're sharing and in those situations, I think there's so much growth and so much connection connection to excuse me, to the head and to the body. So Oh that's a great one. Yeah. And she does it like and she does it all the time. All like, the it's time. Not, it's it's not like like she says when you feel that moment. It's like that moment might be like, you know, hey, how you doing? Ah, oh, it's been it's been a tough day. Let's pray. Let's pray about that. She does. And it's not even weird when she does it. It's like so beautiful. And it has taught me a lot. Uh, I've known Nicole about a, a year and a half now. And this has happened so many times. We were standing in the middle of the street just randomly because she was parked on the street. And I went to say hi to her. And I was telling her, I was like, something crazy just happened. Like something crazy just happened. And, and I was telling her, I was exciting, like a crazy good. And I was like, I can't, I just can't wrap my head around it. Like that the Lord has just done a miracle and I just can't even believe it. And she's just like, oh, Thank you, Jesus. She just grabs me like, we just, we're standing in the street. I'm not joking. Thank you, Jesus. Just like, you're so good. And, and we just, we just worshiped for a minute together and just like, thank the Lord. And, and that was it. And I was like, that was, that needed to happen right now. It wasn't just about my words. It was about taking the words to the Father. And it was just like, I really appreciated that. And so that's what she means when she says that. Just like in the moment you're in, to not be afraid, Christ follower, to not be afraid to look at the person you're talking to and say, let's just pray about that right now. Thank you, Jesus, that you see us. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you that you see this need and that you're already moving on. You know, whatever, whatever that moment is, that's a great one. That's a great one to end on. Thanks, Adam, for forcing Nicole to say that. That was fantastic. Uh, So however it is, church, however the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, the reason we take 15 minutes and do this is because lists are one thing coming from Ethan and I of things that are good and could be helpful, but you hear it from one another that these things are real and active and happening in the body. So be encouraged. And think about how the Spirit might be uh, nudging you to stay connected to the head. Maybe there's something you need to add. Maybe there's something you need to take away in your life to make room. Um, All of us are in a different space and place right now. But these are the things that I really want you to have in your heart. Let's stand together. And let's just invite the Holy Spirit to speak. If, if uh, you're still unsure how that works, uh, if you're new to the faith or you're not sure, 
what the Holy Spirit speaks sometimes just sounds like a little voice in your head or an idea or a thought that came um, to your mind of something in your life or some person or maybe it's a picture of a person. That's often how the Spirit speaks, just quietly, an idea, a thought, a word in your mind. So Holy Spirit, we believe that you are speaking to your church. And so we want to listen. We just want to hear what you have to say. How would you want me, Lord, to apply this teaching to my life? In what ways do I need to be connected to the head? In what ways am I listening to or getting off track with other voices or other opinions? Things that don't belong uh, with, with who you are, keeping you at the center. Things that are, uh, you know, pushing me off, off that pathway. God, I, 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 I want you to show me those things. Let me just throw off everything that doesn't belong. And, and show me the things that I can do uh, in, my, in my daily life, whether it's to get rid of something off of my schedule, to maybe say no to some things that are easier to say yes to, or maybe it is to add something into my schedule to make sure that um, I am staying connected in a vital way to the body. I pray that for my, my life, and I, I pray it um, as well. We're all praying this for ourselves, Lord Jesus. We hear the call in Scripture that we are your body, Jesus. And we ask that you would help us to keep that metaphor in first place so that we would understand um, the gift that you've given us in one another. And of course, the gift that we are given uh, in, in being able to be part of this body because of what you've done for us, Jesus. How you died and you rose again and you've given us new life. How you've forgiven us our sins and you are transforming us every day into, into new creation. We are so grateful for that. And we ask, Lord, that this church would always be known as one who speaks the truth in love, who knows who you are and isn't afraid to courageously go into the world and be people of truth who do everything with the love of Christ. Help us, God, to stay connected to that, to stay connected to you, to stay connected to one another, and to continue to make you the first thing every single day. So show us, Lord. We just, we're open to that. Holy Spirit, teach us day by day, moment by moment, conversation by conversation, um, how to walk this out. And we thank you for it. And we trust you with it. In Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen. Stay standing one minute. I want you to know, this is like a standing up announcement, okay? Off campus, listen. Uh, next week, we are going to be not live streaming to Facebook, we are going to be live streaming to YouTube, okay? The link will still be on Facebook, so if people are used to dropping there, you will get it. We've been having so many issues with Facebook, we're going to try something else, and uh, and I know you guys are really familiar with YouTube because it's 2021. So I just want you to know, if you or somebody you know is off campus, or you have to be off campus, uh, we want you to know that that link will be there on Facebook, but we are actually going to be on YouTube next week, so don't be freaked out. Good? Let's try something new and see if we can win the live stream game. I like to win. Bless you guys. We love you, and we will see you again next Sunday.